Welcome once again to the Ebon Zone. I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 212th time on this Christmas Day, Friday, December 25th, 2020. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, part four in a novel review series on C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters. And there's the fade. Last week, if you'll remember, we covered chapters 11 through 16, and now we're ready to dive back into it. I will remind you one thing, though, before we get started. If you've never read the book before, be warned. This episode contains spoilers. Now, where were we? Gluttony is the subject of Screwtape's next letter in chapter 17, and he says Wormwood is acting a bit foolish because he wrote about it in a smart-aleck way. And what he doesn't realize is that over the last century or so, the human mind has been desensitized to it. That instead of focusing on excessive living, gluttony is now focused more on food. And Screwtape has noticed that the patient's mom is a prime example of that. She's always asking people for the tiniest bit of food so she can go back and get more later. It doesn't seem that bad to her because she's only eating a little bit at a time, and trust me, we've all been there with a Thanksgiving turkey, haven't we? Who cares? One more slice can't hurt. Next thing you know, eight helpings later, you're bloated and fighting sleep on the couch when a button pops off your blue jeans and hits Granny square in the face. But because you only ate a little bit at a time, you didn't know how bad it was until the consequences had already caught up to you. And now, look what you did. Granny's got a black eye, there's frosty silence descending over the living room, and you know you're on the naughty list this year. It's the same way here. Okay, maybe not the exact same way. Screwtape tells Wormwood to keep his man committing little sins so that he doesn't realize how bad it's getting until it grows to consume him entirely. He says that guys are controlled by vanity and that Wormwood can use that vanity to cause him to become a gluttonous slob by letting him think that he's the only guy in town that knows where food is properly cooked. He says excess in terms of a meal isn't as valuable to the tempter's purpose as delicacy, that excess can be better suited as an attack on his purity. If Wormwood keeps his charge in a constant state of wondering why he's being tempted and what he's doing wrong, then it will make him easier to tempt. He signs the letter, your affectionate uncle, Screwtape. In the next letter, starting off chapter 18, he talks about sex and the temptation of lust. Screwtape says that marriage can be used to their advantage because sex is something that happens in a marriage. If the encounters are unsatisfying, then that's Wormwood's cue to let his charge wander a little in terms of his desires. And by wander, I mean desire anyone and everyone but the person to whom he said, I do. Love makes no sense to Screwtape, which he goes on to say is sometimes spurred on by sex. The fact of the matter is, and Screwtape knows this, that if sex happens, whether in or out of the sanctity of wedlock, a bond between the people involved is created. And whether good or bad, it stays for the long haul. Even though love isn't always involved, sometimes a family fixes that deficit in the relationship, and in that case that it does, it should be prevented at all costs, according to Screwtape. Because remember, love is a positive emotion, which in his mind is viewed as a negative. He also tells Wormwood that his patient's desire will be blinded by love, and therefore, if he is in love, it will excuse the flaws of the person he's in a relationship with, no matter how bad they are. He signs the letter, Your Affectionate Uncle, Screwtape. 
In chapter 19, Screwtape says that love is a contradiction and that he's confused by the whole thing. The fact that God loves people to the point where he thinks that love is false altogether and that it's just a placebo to make people more susceptible to a self-centered plan that God has. Remember now, this book is written backwards, so it's not from the correct point of view. He thinks God's love is impossible because he can't understand the depth of it. Screwtape goes on to explain that since love is a human emotion, only humans can control it. It should be up to us to decide when we fall in love and with whom because we understand what it is. Either it's a good decision or a bad one. Screwtape has two plans of attack for Wormwood. In the case that his patient is an arrogant guy, let him decide against falling for someone because he thinks he's better than that, and then hammer him over the head with his desperate need for intimate contact. On the other hand, if he's gullible and sort of simple-minded, have him read poetry concerning love until finding someone is all he can think about and it becomes so desirable that he can't stand it anymore and an overbearing and toxic mixture of emotions consumes him from the inside out. Screwtape also reminds his protege that marriage is useful to their cause as well. They just have to persuade Wormwood's charge to marry the right person, and by that I mean the person that best fits their agenda. He signs the letter, Your Affectionate Uncle, Screwtape. In the letter that makes up Chapter 20, Screwtape points out that Wormwood has made a pretty big error in their plan to tempt his charge. That error being, he's allowed the patient to be clear-headed enough to realize that attacks on his purity, or anything else for that matter, don't last forever. He says that people think there's no hope of getting rid of their attacks except giving in. And later, Screwtape goes on to describe the type of woman Wormwood should try to set his charge up with. Two kinds of people, two choices, the virtuous and detestable, in Screwtape's mind anyway, and the immoral and lust-inducing, though he does say that there are some changes that happen with the times. At one point, a more feminine type was desired, but in the current time, meaning the collection of years that this book is set in, tastes have gone to women whose bodies are firmer, even if those qualities are false, because the eye has become the most important part of the whole courting situation. If the idea of love is left out of the equation and the only thing that the patient's focused on is the outward appearance instead of who they are on the inside as a person, then there's really no bond that can be forged between the two of them. Screwtape says also that the mind of a man is divided into two parts concerning desire for a woman. A, someone virtuous and capable of being a loving wife, and B, someone who is more geared toward the pleasures of the flesh, and therefore someone who makes it easier for them to tempt Wormwood's charge because she's doing some of the heavy lifting already. Screwtape says it's best for Wormwood if he gets his charge to marry the woman who's going to cause trouble because even though with the institution of marriage there's a failure in the area of fornication, there are also ways he can use that to his advantage. The letter ends as it always does. He signs it, your affectionate uncle, Screwtape. In chapter 21, Screwtape says that now, since the time for immorality in the sexual realm has passed, it's a perfect time to attack the sense of irritability in Wormwood's patient. But in order to do that, Wormwood has to make him dumber, because people aren't upset by things going wrong, but rather by things going wrong that hurt them specifically, whether it's a dent in the ego or a broken shoulder. So the more irritable he is, the better. Inconvenience is key, basically. Also, he knows that nothing makes Wormwood's charge angrier than time being given to something else other than whatever he wants, whether it's a last-minute meeting at work or a birthday party for someone or even his friend stopping by unexpectedly. 
Screw tape figures that Wormwood can use that to his advantage by keeping it in his patient's mind that he is loaning out his time to people and therefore is doing them a favor in much the same way as you would letting a neighbor borrow a cup of sugar even though it's the third time this week and you're starting to think they're taking advantage of you. Irritated, but just kind enough so no one will notice, such as church or his job, so that he'll detest them both eventually. Ownership is another thing to make a big deal out of, according to Screwtape. Basically, he wants Wormwood to teach his patient that ownership is the same throughout every sense of the word. Take this for example. When someone says, my country, you can pretty well guess that they're proud to live where they do. But when someone says, my way is better than yours, it just sounds like they're being a jerk. See the difference? Screwtape thinks that they'll be able to exploit that difference to the point where every sense of the word will mesh into one singular meaning that will boil down to the patient's own conceit. We've all seen this before. That mentality of, I'll do what I want, when I want, how I want, and you will not stop me. That's what they're trying to get out of Wormwood's charge here. Basically, it's my time, so I'm doing you all a favor by being here or doing this in the first place. They want that sense of ownership to come from a place of arrogance and not endearment or goodwill. The irony here is that we own nothing. God's the landlord, and we're just the tenants. He signs the letter, your affectionate uncle, Screwtape. This isn't your typical Christmas episode, I know, but I hope you enjoyed it anyway. I hope you took something away from it as well, be it a laugh, smile, or simply forgetting your problems in life for a few minutes. Even though this year looks a lot different from the past, to say the least, I would be remiss if I didn't say, God bless you, and I wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas.